Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Jacob Albrock. Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Welcome back in, everybody, to Sports Daily, a reaction Monday. This normally the spot. We have KU insider Shreyas Lada on. He will join us tomorrow. So the IHOP hotline is open, 869-1240. IHOP, where guests can enjoy a home-style turkey stuffing dinner, roasted turkey and gravy over cornbread stuffing served with a choice of two dinner entree sides. Uh, so you can get in and check that out. You can call us on that hotline. We'll have it open for you. We'll give away some HTO this hour. Congratulations on our Hunger Games tickets. Uh, we'll have some pairs to those to give away. We may even give away a couple pairs of those as we make our way closer to that movie. Uh, Jad will let us know, and we'll get that done. Um, all right, let's continue to look around the NFL. We sort of got distracted with C.J. Stroud talk there, Tommy. Uh, the Ravens. We st- everybody's still feeling great about the Ravens being this un- immovable object. No, I mean they. That was an epic collapse yesterday to Cleveland. They fall at home. Cincinnati falls at home. We'll see what happens with Buffalo tonight, uh, and we'll get to that in just a second. But look, I, I the Jags, by the way, fall at home. If you're a Chiefs fan and you just saw three of the teams supposedly in the mix there lose at home, I think you're feeling pretty good. The Bills are the other one. They get the Broncos tonight. and I, The Broncos are playing better. I don't know if they're playing good enough to go to Buffalo and get a win, but after what we saw yesterday in the NFL, I'd be a little, I'd be a little nervous if I was Buffalo right now. Yeah, I still think Buffalo is going to get the win. I mean, they got to sit at home yesterday and watch what all the other teams think they'll in the win playoff by seven? hunt. I don't know if I'm going to make that bet, but I do think that they win the game. Um, I mean, they've got an opportunity to move up in the AFC playoff rankings after watching what happened with the Ravens and the Jags and the, the Bengals uh, yesterday. So I, I like the Bills in this game tonight. I just don't have a whole lot of faith in the Broncos to go into Buffalo and, and win the game. I don't think I'm betting that spread, though, uh, but I do like the Bills tonight. The Broncos are finally running the ball. Javante Williams has looked good. They really have been playing better, and it's because the defense has been playing better. Right. I mean, we saw that firsthand against Kansas City, but Tommy, that game, and then they gave up 17 and 9 points in the other two games. They've given up 17 points to the Chiefs collectively. Their, their defense, and, and uh, I was talking to our old pal Bruce Hurdle Saturday about this, and I think I think that it's been only one offensive touchdown that has been scored against them 
over that stretch. So that defense, which was clearly their problem, is playing much, much better. And then Russell Wilson's not playing poorly, hasn't been all year, and they're running the ball a little bit. Like, Denver's an interesting team. I, I This is a game, I think, to pay attention to tonight. And I don't know how I'm going to bet it either. I, I, I maybe, maybe the under. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the bet is on it. Uh, but Buffalo's uh, Buffalo's needs to do something here because I, I what are you looking at? And this is I say this and I'll say it and I'll say it and I'll say it. If Kansas City's playing the level of defense that they're playing and they have Mahomes and Kelsey, I'm not picking against them in the postseason. No chance. Not not any of these teams because it's just been a weird year. And in a weird year, what can you count on? Typically, you can count on a good defense. And you can always count on Mahomes. And we said playing better with C.J. Stroud earlier. C.J. Stroud is playing better than Patrick Mahomes. But that doesn't mean that it's not Patrick Mahomes. And he's the best quarterback on the planet. And when push comes to shove in the postseason, there's nobody else you'd have the ball. You'd rather have the ball in their hands. So, yeah, they did win by not playing yesterday. Because yesterday was just a reminder of what kind of year it is in the NFL. I thought, you know, San Francisco, probably like for, for the – for the win that made you feel the best if you're a team that might win a Super Bowl, it was San Francisco's. For them to be able to go yeah. to Jacksonville oh, yeah. and just just get back to it, that was the win yesterday, I thought, that really stood out above the rest. Because everything else, like even, you know, Cleveland, great comeback, cute story. Texans, yes, that was really impressive. Texans aren't going to win the Super Bowl. So as you look at the Vikings against the Saints, Josh Dobbs, what a story, Right. But as far as, like, impactful things that we saw that could have staying power, it was the Niners over the Jags. Cowboys, Lions both made nice little statements yesterday. But, you know, for the Cowboys, meh, it's against the Giants. I don't care. That Niners win, I think, does tell us something. Yeah, I think it does, too. And that's why when we picked on Friday, you know, I I picked the Niners to cover because, you know, they'd lost three in a row. Brock Purdy was not playing particularly well. They were really banged up. Trent Williams out, Debo Samuel out, but they were all back. I mean, Purdy had his contingent of guys back offensively, and they flexed a little bit. You know, I had a hard time thinking that they were going to drop four in a row. Um, you know, so they were able to go into Jacksonville. And it's not that I don't believe in the Jags. I, mean, I think that the Jags are, I think they're maybe a step away, like a step away from being real and legitimate. Uh, but I never thought they were real and legitimate. I, I, I don't, they, they don't. They don't strike fear into me. You know, Calvin Ridley has been a non-factor lately. I Like, what are they going to do? They, do they really scare you in the postseason? Trevor Lawrence isn't playing that kind of football. I, I think if they can get the run game going with Etienne, I mean, yeah, like they have a kind of a contingent of, of guys offensively that, you know, I, I don't want to say they strike fear at me in the playoffs, but, I mean, Kansas City, like they struggled with the Jags a little bit in week number two in the season, right? You know, so again, I think that they're not quite there, but I, I do I do like them. And for the Niners to be able to go into Jacksonville and flex, I mean, it tells you, I think, more about the Niners than it does about the Jags. But that's impressive with, with San Francisco that, I mean, there are a lot of people that were jumping off that 49ers bandwagon after the last couple of weeks. They've got a ton of talent and they always have. Well, I told you Friday, I'm not jumping off the bandwagon. That's why I picked them too. Like, I'm not. Like, they're, they're built in a way that, I still love, right? They can run the ball. They are a different passing offense with Debo there. They showed that yesterday. He does a whole lot for that offense. 
and and he does it whether he's catching a ton of passes or not. Yeah, they're just like he's a, he is a key cog for them. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I I think that of the teams like in the NFC, if I had to pick a team to go to the Super Bowl, it's still the Niners. Cowboys. I mean, they had the head-to-head game. I don't know how much that changes. Dak Prescott continues to play really well. By the way, he's going to get into that MVP candidate conversation too, if this continues. But like, it's it's the Niners. The Eagles didn't play yesterday either. They get to play that game against Kansas City. My goodness, what a great game! That Super Bowl rematch because I think both of those teams have something to say. And I I, I like if I'm the Chiefs, I need to see him win that game. Right, like some of these games haven't really meant a whole lot to me. Like if they went, I told you, if they went to to Germany and lost to the Dolphins, meh, don't care. They do need to beat Philadelphia. Like that that one, I do care about. If Philadelphia beats them, I, I'll I'll care about that a little bit. I, I think that will be not. A, I think it will be, I guess, more impactful than some of the other games they've either lost or could have lost. This one does mean something, I think, for Kansas City. Well, and I'll be the first one on this show to mention, and everybody knows it, what Andy Reid does after a bye, right? Everybody knows what Andy Reid does after a bye over the course of his career. But I think that this bye week that they just completed is probably more important than, man, a lot of other bye weeks that I can think of in recent history for the Chiefs because they had the opportunity to come back from Germany reset a little bit, get healthy a little bit, and figure out what the heck is going on offensively for Kansas City in advance of this big-time showdown with the Philadelphia Eagles. And so you better believe that Andy Reid and Matt Nagy and Patrick Mahomes and you know everybody involved in the offensive scheme for Kansas City, they know what the Philadelphia defense typically shows. They game-planned against them in the Super Bowl a year ago. And they've got an offense that has been sputtering from time to time. And so they've got to try to find a way to get back on the right track offensively. And the the bye week came at a a perfect time for Kansas City to be able to figure out exactly how they can go into this game on Monday, a week from tonight, and actually put together four quarters of a solid offensive output. And that's going to be my expectation next Monday night on Monday Night Football is that they've had all this time to figure out exactly how they can get back on track offensively, now I'm going to want to see it. So I'm pulling this up as I'm saying it. When we talk about the Eagles, like you're not probably going to run the ball against them. Um, The tight end against the Eagles, the Eagles have been decent against the tight end. They've given up just under five catches and 50 yards a game and about a, a touchdown every other. But when you go into wide receiver against the Eagles, it gets a little bit different. Um, I mean, they get, they're giving up 200 yards a game to wide receivers and about 17 catches, which I don't have that versus the rest of the league, but it's not good, right? And so I, I think that this is the opportunity for Kansas City to get the rest of the passing game right a little bit. Will they? Like you've had... I think that's, had, I mean, that's I the question. Well, that's right? like, obviously, can, that is the question. Can they do that that's why the this game they have? That's why this game matters, because this is the kind of team that can be gotten by that position and by a good passing game. The Chiefs have had extra time to prepare for it. You're not likely at all to run the ball against Philadelphia. So what are you going to do? Okay, you're going to have to beat them with your wide receivers. They've been banged up at that position. They've had to make some trades. They had a bye week, too, and they may get a little better against the pass because they've had a bye week to you know, get Rasul Douglas introduced and all those things. And they went and got Bayard and they've, you know, they've had some additions 
to the team. But I, I think it's that's why I love this game for Kansas City and care far more about it. Sorry, Douglas was was to the Bills. They got buyered. But like it's it's the opportunity for the Chiefs passing game to get right. They've had the buy and they have the team to do it against, which is a good team. This is the kind of team you'll see in the playoffs. This one matters to me far more than any of the other games Kansas City's played recently. If they come flat here, it's a problem. It's a big problem. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember mentioning after the Chiefs lost to the Broncos a couple of weeks ago that if they didn't figure it out, then you could have seen a 6-4 and four Chiefs team before Thanksgiving. Now, of course, they beat the Dolphins in Germany, and that was great. Um, but, I mean, they've got all of this time to get ready for the Eagles in the Super Bowl rematch in primetime. And you know what? I think that part of it is going to come down to how well the Kansas City defense is going to be able to stop Jalen Hurts. Hurts has not played outstanding this season. I mean, he and Mahomes, I think when we talked about C.J. Stroud in the MVP conversation last hour, you know, it's been throughout the entire season that Mahomes and, and Hurts and Tua have been kind of at the top of the MVP odds. I don't think Jalen Hurts is really there. I mean, he, he has not performed His this season. His odds are, but I, I'm the with odds you. Are, but I he agree. hasn't performed this season uh, like he did a year ago. And so you've got a couple he's of quarterbacks. He's still been good, he's been okay. he's but been he's fine. been a step back right. from last year. Yeah. You know, I want to see the, the Kansas City defense limit him and limit him on the ground. The secondary, Trent McDuffie had a phenomenal game in Germany against the Dolphins. They're going to have a tall task with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, you know, everybody that they've got there catching the football from Jalen Hurts. You've got to try to contain him in the best way possible. And I don't know exactly what that means as far as keeping him in the pocket versus letting him scramble. But you've got a game plan against that. And you know what? It's, it's crazy, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's been the way it's been all season long. I've almost got more faith in Steve Spagnola game planning against Jalen Hurts than I do the Kansas City offense game planning a way to be effective for four quarters. Yeah, I mean, of course you do right now. The defense is playing great, and that's totally fair. I just don't know, like, if there's going to be a change or something that happens for the offense to get better, this is the spot it's probably going to come. Now, again, I'm going to say it, like, even if it doesn't, and it is what it is, I'm not picking against Mahomes, Kelsey, and that defense in the playoffs, right? I'm not whether their offense comes out in this game and plays well or but not. But you just said that it would be a problem if they came out flat. I mean, I it'll, think that yeah, it, it, well, sure. it, it is. It'll be a problem right? because if it doesn't happen now, it's probably not going to. That doesn't make me say I still don't think the Chiefs are the favorite in the AFC. I just mean it's going to be a lot harder, right? So because if you this had is to, the spot. If you had to game script, you know, a way that this game on Monday Night Football next week will play out, if you had an, an ideal opportunity to kind of plan it out what would it look like to you um it's a good question i i think that one you limit the the amount of plays that philadelphia gets offensively you limit the amount of shots they're able to take to aj brown you slow the game down big time and then you have to be able to you have to be able to basically pick up first downs with your wide receivers. Like, slow it down, 
Don't get into a game where it, where A.J. Brown's able to kill you because he's been as good as there is in football and as close to unstoppable as there is, but they did a good job against Tyree Kill. Totally different you know, task and totally different ask of your defense, different types of receivers. But I think that's, you know, you don't, what you don't want is some track meet because Kansas City's not built to play in a track meet. You just need efficiency from wide receiver, right? You need yeah. them to be able to make the necessary plays when they're asked to make them to keep the ball on Kansas City's side of the field. I was just about to say, I don't think that the Chiefs can win a track meet against the Eagles. With the way that I don't think they can win a track meet against anybody. Well, that's true, but especially against the Eagles, you know, and right. you, you know that that's what the Eagles are going to want to do. They want to speed the game up. Yeah. They want to score a lot of points. They want to have you know deep shots to Brown and 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 Smith and 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 others. That's not the way that this Chiefs offense uh, offense is built. I don't think they can win a track meet. And you know what? This has been a Chiefs team that forever. I mean, as long as Patrick Mahomes has been there. They can win track meets. They were built to win track meets. They're not built to win a track meet in this game next Monday. I, I, that's, I just don't think they're built to win a track meet. Now, maybe yeah. that changes over the course of the season, but what they have on offense right now is not track meet. And I, it's I, run again, after the I catch. Don't, it's, I don't you know, know if they've got the running game to win a non-track meet either. Like That's, um, what, that's what's difficult about this team. Is I, I do. Because it's not, not going to come in this I mean, game. Right, it's you, not going to come in this game. Because you, th- you say slow it down a little bit, and I, I agree with yeah. you, but they're not going to give Isaiah Pacheco the ball 25 times. That's going to be the ultimate no, no, way. No, no, no. It'll be a slowed down guy, passing right? game. Right. Yeah, no, it'll be a slowed down passing game. They'll have to, you know, you just have to make the big, you have to make the plays that move the sticks at wide receiver. I mean, they're going to, they need to try to run the ball, but I don't think it's going to be effective. So, yeah, it's probably like a 12 carry game. Here's what, here's another prediction I'll make, and I'll look at this when the props come out. I, I, I suspect that this will be Jarek McKinnon's biggest game. I think we're to the point of the season where they will start to use him more. I do think that they kind of try to keep him in their back pocket a little bit. Uh, well, and that's a smart thing to do because he's a, he, he gets hurt, you know, with relative ease. I, I think this may be the chance that they introduce that wrinkle, which is, you know, using backs more as pass catchers. The, I just have a feeling this could be a McKinnon game. And, and, and a part of it is, again, I don't know that they need to be trying to have the downfield success throwing the ball. Unless something has changed in the bye week to, to show us that they've made they've figured it out, I don't think that's going to happen. You have to be able to make the plays when they present themselves to move the sticks at wide receiver because we know Kelsey can. Philadelphia is going to obviously try and take him away. So can the receivers just make those plays when they're called on? That's what we'll have to see. I love that game. Cannot wait for that game. It's way out there. Um, the only other one I think that we haven't really hit on from yesterday, Tommy, is is that Josh Dobbs thing, man. Like, what a story. What a dadgum story. And what a fascinating situation for Minnesota to be in. Between Kirk Cousins and his $30 million of dead money next year and what happens with him and what a mobile quarterback has brought to the offense a little bit, the way that their defense is playing. I don't know, like, what's the appropriate emotion for a Vikings fan right now? I don't even know what it is. I mean, the fact that it looks like in short order they'll be getting Justin Jefferson back, I don't know if that means this week, this coming week or, or what. I think it does. Man, I, think it does. I mean, I, I would feel a renewed sense of optimism if I'm a Vikings fan right now. 
you know, there was optimism there already with Kirk Cousins, but they were just so jaded to it, right? Because the defense was playing well. Kirk Cousins was, if he wouldn't have got hurt, he would have been in that MVP conversation for sure. But now with Dobbs, like it's different, right? It's different than when Cousins was there. But it's effective enough. I'm ready right now to put down some money on Kevin O'Connell as coach of the year. And I'm looking at yeah. it right now. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, he's like seven and a half to one. I mean, that's not great odds, but uh, nah. he's not the he's not the favorite. Dan Campbell is. Then D'Amico Ryan's after that. And then Mike McDaniel after that, which I don't see Mike McDaniel. He's at six to one odds right now. I don't really see that. And then Kevin O'Connell comes in at seven and a half to one. The fact from, from the way that the Vikings started, and I've been saying it all season long, and I know you have too. Just wait. Like, the Vikings are not dead in that division. And, you know, and I know the Lions are, are tough for sure. But, man, I, I certainly wouldn't have believed that the Vikings would have been 6-4 and four after the way that they started, right? Like, I, I thought that they would still be in it, but I'm, I wasn't sure they'd be 6-4 and four right now. Derek Carr got hurt in the game, which is important to point out. Uh, but the thing is, nobody this year was really throwing on the Saints. And the Vikings did it. And they don't have Justin Jefferson in there. And I'm just really interested. I, I love that this is working because my alarm bells went off. When when Cousins got hurt, I was like, go trade for Josh Dobbs. Kyler Murray's coming back. Arizona's got to figure out what to do with him. Go get Dobbs right now because he is a gun slinger. He slings it, man. And he did that in Arizona. Now he gets to sling it when he has as good a trio of pass catchers as there is in football. I love the dynamic of that. His over rushing was as good. It was my, it, it was, it, you know, I don't usually bet props by themselves. That one I did. Because when you looked at what he did the week before and the fact that they needed to run the ball to beat the Saints and they couldn't, his rushing jumped out. It's a wrinkle that they haven't had there in the Kirk Cousins era. And I wonder what it's going to do. It's, it's going to be interesting to see that team as they come down. If they can keep playing good defense, yeah, they got a shot. They absolutely have a shot. When do they play the Lions again? Sign me up for that game right now. Uh, I can't wait for that. It's going to be incredible. 869-1240. On the way out, let's give away some HTO. Uh, the big Thanksgiving promo begins today. So here's how that works at HTO. Uh, you can get a discount on four gallons. It's four gallons for $19.99. It is the craziest week of the year, two weeks of the year at HTO. So if you want some iced tea for your holiday gatherings, Get those pre-orders in over the next week because that's your opportunity to save a little money and do it. Uh, you can just go in, st in store, make those orders. You pick them up right before the holiday. It's great. You can do it online. Uh, we're going to give away a couple of free iced teas in the spirit of it. Go see what flavors you might want. We'll do that. Those iced teas will be good in uh, Wichita's East or West location or in Derby. Check it out. Two free iced tea cards and make a Thanksgiving order while you're in the store there. First caller right now to the IOP hotline, 869-1240. We'll come back. More Sports Daily. We'll talk a little college hoops right after this. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily. Congratulations to Gary for winning the HTO. Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, calling it on the IHOP hotline, 869-1240. Uh, by the way, Monday Night Football, we mentioned it. Primetime NFL games from Westwood One available live for free tonight on the Odyssey app. Tune in over on KNSS for Monday Night Football. The Bills hosting the Broncos. Simply download the Odyssey app and search for KNSS at kickoff, and you can catch that. A little college basketball. Uh, look, Friday, K-State and KU played squash games. And, you know, K-State, it got a little closer than it really was there right at the end. Not a ton to take away from those, I don't think, Tommy. Uh, Wichita State playing friends, not a ton to take away from that. But we do get one tonight that I think we can take away from. South Dakota State playing K-State. That's a that's a good, that's that's going to be a good spot for K-State to sort of get in there and give us some indication of what the early season's going to look like. I think it was unfair to expect them to beat USC. Uh, they're 10.5-point favorites. South Dakota State lost their opener to Akron. I don't know what that means because I don't know anything about Akron. But typically, this is a this is a pretty good program. And, you know, it's, a, it's where you look at it and you're like, K-State 10.5. Boy, they ought to be able to cover that number. And that's kind of the way it is. Like, they ought to be able to cover that number. But, you know, I expect a decent test here and a pretty good look at what, what K-State's going to bring early in the season. It got a little comfy for Kansas State against Bellarmine on Friday night. It did. I don't know much about Bellarmine. I, honestly, I don't really know anything I at mean, all about Bellarmine. Um, but, I, you know, it was a game that I felt like, because I watched a little bit of it in the second half, and I felt like the Wildcats had the opportunities to pull away and just make yeah. it a blowout. That never really happened, and Bellarmine kind of stayed in it uh, towards the very end, an eight-point victory for the Wildcats. They didn't cover. Uh, the number, I think, was 10, wasn't it, going into the game? Uh, so They didn't cover the game against they, Bellarmine. Yeah, no. they, they didn't cover, and so I think that's going to be the most important thing moving forward for the Wildcats is when you get out to a big lead, and I would imagine that that might happen in, tonight against South Dakota State, how do you keep your foot on the gas and continue it on to the very end? And not let it get as comfy as it did with Bellarmine on Friday. It is hard. Look, so USC is inside Ken Palm's top 15 right now. That's not a fair assessment. K-State's not there yet, right? K-State's in the 40s. Uh, Bellarmine is way down. South Dakota State's like 138. This is a good spot. This is a pretty good spot to just get a grasp or a glimpse of what the early season for K-State might be. If they win this game and if they cover that number, like, okay, it looks pretty yeah. good. The the thing about K-State, though, is I, I don't – maybe it was around the office. We were kind of chatting about this. Somebody was asking me, like, oh, that game against Bellarmine got close. And I'm like, yeah, I don't – K-State's not going to be what they're ultimately going to be, probably at, at the earliest at conference play. And it may be even later than that. Number one, we got to see what happens with Naquan Tomlin. 
But number two, it's going to take some time, I think, for this team to find its identity. We know Tyler Perry's going to lead the way offensively. That's it's just the way it's going to be. What else happens, though, I don't think we know. Right? Cam Carter took a bunch of shots against Bellarmine early, I think. Right? And it was high school football night, so I wasn't able to be as locked into that game as I wanted to be. But, you know, it, it, it got tighter at the end than I think it really was. I don't think it was actually as close as the score. Carter took another 14 shots. Kaluma took another 14 shots. Early in the season, those appear to be the two guys. Day-Day Ames all of a sudden took nine shots. That's a name we didn't see in the first game. So I think there's going to be some of that where there's some some sorting out still to do for Jerome Tang. I, I don't think that Cam Carter is going to ultimately end up as the second scoring option for this team. I don't think. But that's the way it's sort of been through the first two games. So, like, when we look at it and what it might look like in January, I think for them it's going to take a, a while to get to that point. Certainly more time than it will take Wichita State or KU. Look, if you remove Tyler Perry from this roster, they're in real trouble. Uh, and, and, again, like, that's not the case, right? Tyler Perry is going to be great for them. Um, but in the game on Friday, Perry scored 16 of his 18 points in the second half. And if you don't have Tyler Perry in the second half, man, like it, it's, it's an issue because Bellarmine outscored the Wildcats in the second half, outscored them by seven to get back into the game. The Wildcats had a 15-point lead going into the break, and the Bellarmine comes out, uh, and that's with Tyler Perry scoring 16 of, the 18, of his 18 points in the second half. So you've got to have him. You've got to have him you know, be able to be effective offensively. I think that he was. I think that will continue. I, I'm kind of with you. I'm not sure that Cam Carter is the guy that they want to be leaning on to get the buckets right now, but I don't know if they have really any other choice. Well, and it's not a knock on Cam Carter. Right. Cam Carter, if he takes another step, could absolutely be that guy. But, yeah, it, it feels like it was going to be perhaps Naquan Tomlin. Um, Kaluma's there and should do that. The other thing is, too, Perry's got to start scoring in the first half. Like, Perry's got to yeah. start games better than he has. And, and that's going to happen, too. And they too. had a 15-point lead at halftime, right? Right. right. It, it, against Bellarmine. So who cares, right? Like, it's, it's what, what are we seeing the offense look like? I, I, I just, I've, and I've said this before the season, I don't know what K-State will be this year. I really don't. The other thing to consider with them is they had one of their better recruiting classes ever. Those guys will also develop quite a bit early and sort themselves through too, right? There's not, there, there is as much opportunity to do that at K-State as there are at any of the big-time programs for some of these young guys to step up. That might take a little time too, and that's why I say, like, we're not going to know K-State's real potential. I mean, probably, Tommy, not until they get into the conference. It's going to take some time for this roster to sort itself out, and that was always going to be the case wins and losses it's just like can they kind of limp through with Perry right now and then what else happens between now and then I, I really don't think we're going to have a solid grasp of what this team looks like ultimately until we've played six to ten more games I think it's going to take some time I just do there's a guy on South Dakota State by the name of Zeke Mayo he had 28 points when they played Dakota Wesleyan over the weekend but he's a He's a scorer, and so he's going to be somebody that the Wildcats are going to want to try to limit tonight uh, in that game 
Um, also, I just I love the name Zeke Mayo. I can't get over that. That you know that's the dude's name. Um, but no, but he you know he he scored quite a bit. I'm more of a Zeke mustard guy. I like that. I can see that. Anybody, Jad? What do you think about that? Is there a? Uh, it's been, we, can we get like a rim shot sound effect? Yeah, like we I, I took away dad jokes and I don't know why it just sort of got away from me. Uh, but that was yeah. Sorry. Anyway, more on Zeke Mayo. He scored 28 points. That was all yeah, I was going to say. He's I don't good. know anything about him, but yeah. yeah, anybody that scores 28 in a game is good. That's that's hard Any, to do. Anybody by the name of Zeke Mayo, I think, is going to be able to get yeah. it done too. Yeah. Again, if you missed it, I'm more of a Zeke Mustard guy. But anyway, uh, Wichita State not playing tonight. Uh, they friends. I, I I don't know, Tommy. Like I, I'm glad they played the game. You know, nostalgically, I think it was honestly kind of a nice time to mix in a game like that. You know what I mean? Like you, you get your, you know, you're getting off to a good start. It's it's odd to do that, but if there's going to be an opportunity to see some shots go in, which is kind of what that is, that's not maybe a bad thing. You know, can they use that at all? Like if you've been struggling to shoot threes and all that stuff and you play a game where you can just sort of let it rip and you know you'll be okay if they're not falling – you know, in that scenario, they took more than they normally do, and they shot close to 50%. I think if anything comes out of that game, it's probably that. Don't you? Yeah, I mean, they played really tight to start the game, I thought. Friends got out to a lead, I think, midway through the first half. I mean, for a they, they were They had yeah. the lead for a while, and then it just kind of seemed like the lid came off the hoop. They started to play a lot looser and then just kind of let it fly, right? And that was the important thing, I think, for the confidence level to be built for this team. And and by the time you got to halftime, uh, you know, Shockers had a, a comfortable 22-point lead and, and never really looked back from that point on. So that's important for them. You know, it's important for them to be able to see the ball go in a little bit, you know, because they haven't shot it great through the first couple of games of the year. So you play an opponent like Friends, you get to loosen up a little bit um, after not a great start to the game. I think that was what they needed. That was the recipe for them. Uh, and again, I, I said it, before I said it before the weekend, I absolutely love Isaac Abide and Dalen Original coming off the bench. I love the energy that those two guys bring. Oh, yeah. It's been I the love, best thing we've seen so far this that's year. That's my favorite thing that Paul Mills has done so far. Absolutely. Is giving those no two guys minutes off the bench because of the spark that he gives them. Well, it, it stretches it out, and, and it was great, great to see a combined two turnovers from Bell and Beverly. Because that's the part that probably won't change. And just those guys, you know, continuing to play at whatever level, I think is what we're going to have at that position, or at least what you can count on with the uncertainty of some of the other guys being able to play this year. So, Riginal and Abide give you depth, though, at the other spots, right? And and that's that's going to be very handy. And they give you that energy that now you you know you can maybe have a slump buster right a, yep. a run buster on the other side it really is like i i think tommy the difference between the floor and the ceiling for the shockers is how they shoot the three if they shoot the three well their ceiling is pretty dang high yep. if they don't it's not nearly as high I think that their floor is still going to be fine because that you can just the energy at which they're playing with and what we've talked about right with rebounding and their size and all that stuff. I mean, of course they're going to out rebound friends. So fifty four to twenty eight though, that's pretty. It's doubling them up. That's you know that's awesome. 
that that I think is going to allow their floor to be pretty high. Their ceiling can get much higher if they shoot the ball well. And we just have not seen a Shocker team shoot the ball well in a long time. 10 of 23, you know, it's you're not writing headlines about that, but it's better than the alternative, certainly. And and I don't, you know, again, I I did not watch the game yesterday. I I tried to, you know, get pieces of it and and see clips of it and all that stuff. So I don't know how well defended the threes were there. But, you know, shooting threes is critical, I think. I don't think it's everything, but I think it's icing on the cake because this feels more to me like a high-energy, you know, get-after-you kind of team, especially with those two guys coming off the bench. I don't think they have to have the three, but I do think it raises the bar for them significantly if they can get it, if they can get it consistently. Yeah, I talked to a couple of people yesterday, you know, and we were talking about Isaac Abide and Dalen Original and what they bring off the bench. And, you know, they, they were like, well, why why doesn't Paul Mills just start them? You know, like no, if they're providing right all now. this. No, no, like I, I think that's the wrong move to make. And it's yeah. all strategy, right? Like what they've been able to bring in. And you mentioned it like a, a slump buster or a run buster. Like that's the role of those two guys. Original came off the bench and had six rebounds. And, you know, his rebounding ability is is off the charts. Um, that was a great, great pickup by Paul Mills to bring him in. And it's crazy to me that Missouri State couldn't find a way to utilize him because I think he's going to be a star. I love watching that guy play. And I love the fact, again, that they're coming off the bench and providing that energy level and that spark at times when – the starting five probably needs a little bit of a spark and energy level boost. So I love that a lot. I absolutely don't think that they should be starting. Remember, Greg Marshall used to get so mad at the question about starters because it doesn't matter. Guess who played the most minutes in that game yesterday? Isaac Abide, right? It doesn't matter if you start the game. It matters how much you play. And right now, this is a formula that's working for them to sort of hold those guys and then turn them loose. They played more minutes. They and, and Original played as many minutes as any of the other starters, pretty much. Abide led the team in minutes. Don't worry about the fact that he's not starting yet. He might be before this is all said and done. He very well could be because maybe there's a way that you split up, you know, Poto and Ballard in a different way. But but I kind of like having those two guys out there initially because there may be easy buckets to get early. And then, yeah, bring those guys in for energy and then let the minutes sort themselves out. Starters, like we look too much into that. And sometimes it matters. Sometimes I think Isaac Brown, that got the better of him for a long time. But think about some of those great teams. Greg Marshall used to get so annoyed at that question. Like, who cares, right? Look at the minutes at the end of the game. And and that's probably, at least early in the season, what we're going to see. Like, as long as those guys are playing, it doesn't matter if they're starting. 869-1240. Uh, your thoughts were wide open in our last full segment here coming back. We'll do it next. It's all Brockton Caster at Sports Daily on a Monday. Ninety-seven five and twelve forty KFH. Scott Graham here from Westwood One. Monday Night Football is coming up from Buffalo with the Bills and the Broncos. Sean Payton's Denver team is coming off their bye week and looking for a third straight win. Sean McDermott's Bills need a win to stay above 500. Kevin Harlan and Ross Tucker will call the action on air and on the free live stream sponsored by AutoZone on Monday Night Football. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.